you're listening to Radio Free Edville. It's Edville on the radio for free. I'm Roy Thomas Padgham, and this is your Edville Gazette for Friday, September 4th. Broadband Blues. Internet Speeds Stalled in Rural Canada. By Edna Farmer. Edville. I have to say, when I read recently that only 41% of rural households have internet speeds of 50 megs a second or higher, I was pleasantly surprised. The farmer household can't get much above 30 MPS, even if we add extra gerbils to the generator and shoo all the pigeons off the roof, by golly. Most days, we're lucky to hit 25 MPS or so, but that doesn't include the time we've got no internet at all. When that happens, we all gather around the TV while the kids clamber in behind it to reboot the modem and the antenna and who knows what else. But even though we're all there together in the living room like in the old days, it doesn't feel like quality family time, frankly. What with everyone barking orders and assigning blame, you're gaming too much. No, you're a bandwidth hog. So with the kids expected to do much of their schooling online this fall, the issue has become a bit of a political hot potato. In June, that nice Mariam Monsef set aside $1.7 billion from the federal piggy bank to launch a universal broadband fund. But what do you know? The feds appear to have completely lost track of it. Now, the wild-eyed broadband activists are all up in arms about this, and I think they've got a point. If we end up closing the schools again, and Zoom becomes our education pipeline, then we'll need to open the spigot wide, and then some. But here's the thing. The internet is a shared resource, particularly in the country. When the whole of Edville crowds online on a Saturday night to stream hockey, no one gets a good picture. And when you factor in all the Netflixing and Facebooking and YouTubing, before long, you've clogged up the entire bandwidth. And not for anything nearly as important as education. Not even close. So what to do? You can't force people off the internet. And you certainly can't ration it. The best you can do is unplug. When Polly's doing her polynomials online, bake some cookies or clean out the eaves. It's a simple but elegant solution based on the golden rule of country life. Don't flush when mum's in the shower. Farmer. No dancing at weddings? Please. By Edna Farmer. Edville. Dancing is such a funny word now, isn't it? At least since it replaced stripping as a description of what naked ladies do at places like the Brass Rail. But this column is about the old-fashioned sort of dancing. You know, where you shuffle around the Legion or the church basement with someone you know well or might even be married to. And the reason is that the authorities now in charge of what Canadians can and cannot do together are pondering the question of dancing at weddings. And they appear to be serious as if it's suddenly a national issue on the scale of, say, the public debt, or the plan to put solar panels on emergency vehicles, or the length of time that nice Mr Trudeau has gone without a haircut and a shave. Now, if you're dancing in front of strangers for money, regulations require that you not only physically distance, but that you move your groove thing, as it were, behind plexiglass. But if you're thinking of attending a private function, like a wedding, Well, the experts are never far behind, reminding you that if dancing with your darling makes your pulse race and your breathing heavy, you're at risk of expelling more droplets. 
Now, without getting too personal here, I can tell you I think it's darn sweet when I'm waltzing with Mr. Farmer and he's expelling a few more droplets, by golly. And when our eldest girl finally got married and had her first wedding dance with her beau, Willie, well, there was so much expelling that the guests remarked upon it. Now, this may not be everyone's cup of tea, all this dancing and expelling and whatnot, but isn't that the point? Do we really want to return to a time when the authorities made rules about who could dance with whom and how? No siree, it only takes two to tango. Badger Prince Edward County Goes Hollywood by Dick Badger Edville Well, regular Gazette readers don't need me to yammer on about all the diabolically clever methods for self-promotion they've got going on down there in the country. But I'm going to do it anyway. And why, you're asking, why does Badger have this particular burr so far up his ass? Because they're eating our fucking lunches again, that's why. And I'm not just talking about their wineries and B&Bs and their organic tomatoes and all that other homey stuff they've got down there to bring in the bikers and the birders and everyone in between. I'm talking about major media, film documentaries to be precise, which normally no one would give a shit about. But in the pandemic, people are so bored they'll watch just about anything. So now you've got a film crew down there making not just one movie, but a series. And according to its local boosters, it's about the resilience courage and strength of a bunch of people who have relocated to the country. Honestly, what takes resilience, courage and strength is reading this crap. It's not like Prince Edward County has occupied Poland or the newbies are colonising Mars. But Jesus, the messaging is genius and it's almost certainly going to work its magic in the brains of condo captives and cubicle workers and all manner of other restless pandemic prisoners looking to get clear of the big city. Now, everyone knows I'm not that great with metaphors, but let me lay one on you. The county's like Saturn, and Edville is like the outer rim of its most distant ring. We're close enough to the action to see it. But when was the last time you saw someone poking around Telephone Road with a film crew yakking about the resilience, courage and strength it takes to relocate to Edville and make all us locals self-important, influential and rich? Kids Corner The Virtues of Volunteering by Dick Badger Now normally I wouldn't use the kid space to plant an idea in the heads of parents but when you come up with something this brilliant which happens to me all the time as Gazette readers know well you have an obligation not to keep it to yourself. So if you've got kids in high school you know they have to volunteer for something like 40 hours just to graduate and you also know that some kids will only volunteer if they've got a knife to their throats and even then they'll grouse and malinger right to the bitter end. Now the Board of Ed rules state that when your kid mows your lawn, it's not volunteering. But if your kid mows your neighbour's lawn, it's a boon to humankind, and you can log every minute. So now I've got my kid pulling Bertie's weeds, and Bertie's kid is mowing my lawn, and Pearl's kids are baking cookies for Edna's women's group, and we're all living communal like a bunch of hippies. But it's the kids who get the biggest payoff, which is they don't have to actually volunteer to do any actual volunteer work beyond what they'd already be doing because their parents will already be nagging and pestering them to do it anyway. So that's why this idea is genius and why it's in the kids' corner. Kids? 
Surf's Up by Chad Bongman. Coburg, during last Saturday's windstorm, when you were chasing your floaties and lawn chairs and patio umbrellas all over the place, some dudes in Coburg caught a cool buzz and some tasty waves and went surfing off the town pier. Totally awesome! Billionaire Elon Musk unveils Cyborg Swine by Hugo Blue. Palo Alto. The world's foremost Tony Stark impersonator, Elon Musk, has recently presented his latest technological vision, cybernetic hogs with computers for brains. The showcased sow, Gertrude, described as happy and life-loving, snuffled about during a webcast, her snout touching various surfaces to dubious beeps and boops, indicating direct neuron-to-neuralink communication. This new tech represents a quantum improvement over Neuralink's previous iterations because it can be drilled directly into the skulls and superglued securely via robotic brain surgery. Mr. Musk, who gives every appearance of being a robot himself, said, It's kind of like a Fitbit in your skull with tiny wires. Neuralink may one day offer medicinal therapies for mostly human brain-body ailments. Musk says his ultimate goal is to keep humans competitive against the existential threat of AI, which the billionaire is also pioneering alongside all of his other futuristic endeavours. Talk about hedging your bets. The purpose of this latest porcine publicity appears to be attracting new Neuralink employees. You can just imagine the applications piling up, what with Ballyhoo like, the cyborg pigs look and act just like normal humans, um, I mean pigs. No scientific data was made available at the event, but the implant is coin-shaped and connects to your phone. That's cool. Gertrude was unavailable for comment. Norway. Polar bear kills Dutchman. Insanity ensues. By Dick Badger. Oslo. A Dutch guy called Johan Jacobus Koot was mauled to death by a polar bear in a remote region of Norway last Friday. That is a tragedy, pure and simple. But you might be asking yourself, hey, why is this story tracking all over the fucking globe? If a Belgian was killed by an ostrich in Costa Rica, would the North American press corps even notice? Not on your life, or his. But thanks to Al Gore, no one can even remember a time when polar bears weren't headline news. Bertie says that's because the majestic but threatened bears symbolise the fragility of the Arctic ecosystem, blah, blah, blah. And he may be right. But what's also obvious is that every time a polar bear has a nosebleed, warring camps of polar bear experts spring into action to tell the rest of us what it all means and to maul each other to death. Maybe you remember this. A couple of years back, the Aussies issued a warning to tourists about bear attacks in Scandinavia, and the preschoolers running the Norwegian Foreign Ministry replied on Twitter, Thank you, Australia, for your concern. We can assure you that in mainland Norway, all polar bears are stuffed and pose only limited risk. So now we've got a Dutchman cut down in the prime of his life, embarrassed Norwegians, crowing Aussies, a raging debate about whether the bear was starving, a second raging debate about whether the bear should have been shot dead, which it was, and the whole fucking world in a lather, from what I can see. And fucked if people don't still ask me with a straight face why we started the Gazette. 
I'm Roy Thomas Padgett, and this has been your Edville Gazette for Friday, September 4th. Join us again next week.